listeners, and welcome to the second podcast in our Now or Never series. Thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode. We've had fantastic response from everyone. A copy can be found on the NEVR Professional Learning site if you haven't already heard it, along with all the recorded COPs and resources. Don't forget to keep your questions coming along. Please reach out to your Sam if you've got any questions that you'd like raised on our podcast moving forward. I'm Carly and this is Mandy. Hi, everyone. And we also have Claire. Hello. And Chris. Hi, all. Today's episode focuses on the Pfizer improvement cycle and how one school undertook major change to improve reading outcomes for all students using this framework. An initial big thank you to Wodonga Middle Years College and Ben Jones for volunteering their time today to explore this area in context of their school. Before we jump into it, just a bit of context about Wodonga Middle Years College. It was established in 2006 with the amalgamation of three secondary schools in Wodonga. Currently enrolling just over a thousand students across two year seven to nine campuses, Wodonga Middle Years College has a medium level of social disadvantage. In 2019-2020, utilising the Marlins and other funding, the college embarked on a new journey with the Independent Reading Program. So today, we warmly welcome Ben Jones, Marlins Improvement Teacher, to tell us about this journey from its inception within the framework of the FISO Improvement Cycle. Okay, so Ben, our first question for you is, when implementing Mylands, how was data utilised? And I'm really interested here in what data kind of informed the development of your independent reading program at Wodonga Middle East College? Yeah, so our data at the Wodonga Middle East College is obviously something that's ever-changing. And obviously, as we move through the COVID pandemic, um, we've started to reflect on a variety of different sets of data. But going back to 2019 and, and pre-pandemic, we started to look at our NAPLAN data for our Year 7s and their reading. We started to identify a gradual trend that we'd had over the last couple of years where students had had a decline in their um, high relative and medium relative growth. And we had a lot of students sitting in that low relative growth. And we started to identify how we could, you know, build that as a um, whole school initiative, um, furthermore than what we'd done in the past, where it had just been reading across the curriculum or reading just in individual classes. And we wanted to build something that was sustainable for our school, but obviously something that could be marketable and working with all of our students across years seven, eight, and nine to build their skills as they are readers, but also start to build those strategies as they move towards VCE in year 10, 11, 11 and 12. Obviously, our school's um, a feeder school to our senior college. Um, so we were able to track that data using um, Fannis and Pinnell, Bert Word, and then starting in this year to use the past test to identify those students who may be working below um, to start to use that data to inform our teaching and our teaching practices, Mylands teachers, but also build that college-wide initiative around data and using the FISO improvement cycle as we've started to move into this year. Um, for us, you know, starting back in 2019 with the um, independent reading program. We started to use a lot of different um, schools. We started to go and visit schools um, and identify what they were doing and the practices that we thought were beneficial for us. And then starting to obviously track our own data and hopefully we see some benefits, you know, post pandemic um, from students being back in the class and completing the independent reading program, whether they be Myland students or students not identified in the Myland's program as well. 
Excellent. That sounds really good. It sounds like um, your school has had time to build a whole um, data understanding and, and learning and responding to data. So it's a, a good school focus there. Um, once you've had that, you've, you've seen that data, your school is aware of that data, the staff are examining that data, what did you do then? What did you put in place? Was there any models that you put in place from the data with your independent reading pro program? I reflected on the fact that originally in 2018, 2019, we had a focus of reading across our whole curriculum mm -hmm. um, and we identified the use of the reading with purpose as a model that we wanted to use. And we identified the use of that across all of our curriculum areas, whether it be an art, technology, LOAT, um, you know, whether it be music, PE or in an English humanities class where you'd see reading a lot more prevalent. Yeah. We're an AVID school, so we obviously use AVID. If you're not familiar with AVID, it's Advancement via Individual Determination. And it comes from America and it's something that we've used as a college for the last 10 to 15 years. So we've been using that as a program, as our pedagogical model. Um, using the E5 practices as well and starting to use Wicca, which is Wicca's writing, inquiry, collaboration, organisation and reading in every lesson. So we've started to kind of build a bit of a, a framework for our college over that last, you know, eight to 10 years. And then the independent reading program then become the next step for us to build reading and support reading within our college. We started to use a lot of the literacy toolbox um, framework and a lot of the information that the department had released. Um, we started to use the gradual release model. So the I do, we do, you do. And that's what we framed our independent reading program around. So a mini lesson, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, a strategy based, and I'll say this probably incorrectly, but I'll do my best. Jennifer Savalio, I believe is her name. I will say that incorrectly, but her 300 reading strategies, I say it that many times, I should probably get it correct, but I don't know. Um, but Jennifer's book, um, we kind of use that as the Bible in regards to the strategies we wanted to start to use within our classroom with our independent reading program. So our mini lesson, as I said, 20 to 30 minutes, a strategy-based mini lesson with an I do, we do, you do, that gradual release model. And then after that, for students to jump into the independent reading um, was really, really important. We got some fantastic feedback from our Sam and our SEAL in John Pryor. Um, Damien Duncan was acting SEAL at one stage as well and come did some learning walks with our college as well. And I know Mandy's been in a fair bit to do some learning walks around obviously the COVID pandemic and things like that. But being able to get into the college and give us some direct feedback um, has been really, really important. We've also been able to work with our staff and we continually kind of reflect on the fact that we need staff input for this program to work and they're the ones who are driving it day to day in the classroom. Obviously, my role is dual role, so partially for um, direct support and partially for capability building, but we understand that the independent reading program is something that now needs to start to stand alone and it's something that needs to be driven by our teachers, not so much by our myelin specialist or our literacy team. Um, so building that staff capability and making them own the program as well and allowing them to have that direct kind of correlation with what's happening in the classroom um, has become something that's really, really important. And Ben, one of the features of the independent reading program that really stood out to me was the actual time given over to reading on top of normal English classes and on top of the kind of cross-curricular reading focus that you had. So can you talk to us a little bit more around the specifics of how that was structured and even how, how that was kind of 
sold to the staff as a as a worthwhile endeavor yeah it was something that obviously took a fair bit of conversation and a fair bit of work within building staff capabilities um you know asking our staff early on to teach this mini lesson you know um for 20 30 minutes um was something of a, a little bit of a kind of leap of faith because our lessons are 75 minutes and to say that students are going to have roughly you know 30 40 minutes of time per lesson to sit and read independently um was something that we really had to build staff confidence in we had to build staff morale in we had to start to kind of build that um willingness and openness to kind of allow things to flow it's something that as a school um and being in my role at the moment as Miles Direct Support and Capability, um, building the capability of our staff has been really, really important to feel that and understand that um, students reading and building stamina is something that's really, really important and using some of those strategies around um, some of the work that we've done together over the last couple of years to allow them to feel comfortable reading in the classroom, allowing students to read and understand and comprehend in the classroom is really important. Absolutely. So um, it sounds like your school was really on board with what the independent reading program could do for the students. So what was your first steps? I guess initially you've talked about the gradual release of responsibility. Was it um, looking at modelled classes so the staff could see what gradual release looks like? Or how did you go about setting those first initial steps with this program? Yeah, so we obviously started by um, working in a small team and it was our, our executive that went out and were really forthright in identifying schools that had similar programs that they felt could be beneficial for our college. And we used that FISO improvement cycle where we are, you know, evaluate and diagnose and identify what we wanted to achieve. And obviously for us as a college, we wanted to achieve an improvement in our reading and our student outcomes using our AIP and strategic plan and our key improvement strategies that we'd identified you know, over the last couple of years, our literacy goal is around reading. So we identified a way that we could do that. So our first steps would go and have a look, as you said, model classrooms and mm -hmm. identify the ways and that other classes had been set up. We then looked at three or four staff throughout our college that could then start to trial some of these things within their classes at the end of 2018, early 2019, and right. start to identify how they could use things like our stamina graph our reading log and the support that that allowed in their class and what student outcomes they'd been able to see as an improvement um, throughout that time. From that, our small group continued to work on creating PD and upskilling our staff on what that gradual release model looked like. And we had a staff meeting throughout all of our English teachers who were going to move in to be IRP teachers in 2020 at the end of 2019. And we worked on building curriculum. We also worked on creating what a lesson looked like. So that gradual release model that I do, we do, you do. And we were able to do that obviously in front of our staff and model it to them of what a lesson would look like and what that best practice looked like for them moving into 2020. Um, we still had trepidation. There was still nervousness. Mm -hmm. There was still anxiety around what it would look like. And I think that there still is today. We still have a turnover of staff. We're probably going to have another set at the end of 2021. And that's something that we just have to be mindful of. And that's the role of the Milan's improvement teacher and direct support teacher at our school is that we get in and we assist our new staff with the implementation of the independent reading program being the vehicle to improve reading at our college. Um, but yeah, moving forward, that's kind 
of our next step is starting to have that standalone um, IRP program that then kind of works together with our English program and our other curriculum areas to cre create that balanced approach to literacy. Ben, you've kind of alluded to some of the adjustments you've made over time and we might be able to incorporate um, response to remote learning in here as well. Um, and you've talked, excuse me, a little bit about how you've monitored through learning walks and talks and those kinds of things um, to evaluate the effectiveness of the program. So is there anything else you use to monitor? And just can you talk us through some of the adjustments you've had to make over time? Yeah, I think probably the first one is we were mindful of the fact that this was a new program and, and we were going to make mistakes. And I think that to anyone out there that's going to take a leap of faith and create a program or some sort of initiative or strategy within their school, you're going to make mistakes. And we certainly did early on. Um, we identified that for a, a reading program, we were very content heavy. And I feel that that was purely down to that anxiety that people felt. We feel safe with content. Um, so, you know, for a 75 minute lesson, we found that a lot of staff were completing their mini lesson in 50, 55 minutes and then only doing 15, 20 minutes of reading. And that comes through in our conversation with Damien Duncan when he was acting SEAL. Um, he came in and did a learning walk and was able to identify for something that we call the independent reading program. Um, reading was probably not at the forefront of everyone's mind. It was purely a bit more content and strategy based. So he was able to kind of identify and give us some fantastic feedback to work towards what was our next goal, which was making reading um, really explicit in that program and using as much time as we possibly could <laughs> to, um, to read within that program. So each lesson, as I said, with the mini lesson, we were able to then start to build our staff capability, build our staff confidence and make adjustments to allow our staff to have that 30 or 40 minutes reading um, to build their stamina, build that reading log, and then see that kind of gradual release between that I do we do and you do. Um, probably our next one, as you said, around remote learning is when we got pushed into remote learning pretty early into the um, journey. Um, so we rolled it out pretty early on, nine weeks into 2020, and we were put into remote learning. So for us, that was a huge step. And we started to make videos. We started to create mentor texts where we would speak over the top of them. And a lot of quick time videos were created during that time, the first pandemic, to kind of assist our Milan students, but also all of our students who were in remote learning. We started to access Microsoft Teams and see the power of it. That was our vehicle throughout um, remote learning. We started to use that a lot more efficiently with breakout rooms and starting to use the way that we could share our screen to go through the I do, we do, you do during our um, remote learning blocks. For us moving forward, our next goal is to see this kind of start to become our overall um, pedagogical model and start to see a lot of our work in the independent reading program, you know, being filtered into across our curriculum using a lot of these strategies, a lot of this um, balanced approach to literacy um, across our whole school. We're starting to now look at the, you know, difference between disciplinary literacy and also content literacy and starting to identify some of that work that we've done with Lisa Gilby um, in a Basto course this year. So we're starting to work towards that and that'll be a big goal for 2022. 
That's fantastic. Um, you were talking about how um, your independent reading program changed due to remote learning, and it sounds like you were still successful um, in continuing with the focus, which was great there. Um, a lot of schools uh, kind of struggle uh, going from face-to-face -face back to remote learning and so on, but I think we can get a lot, a lot to learn from what we do in remote learning. Would there be something that you would take um, for the independent learning um, and, and put it into face-to-face, -face, something that you did in remote learning that you'll continue because it's just worked and be, been successful? Yeah, I think the biggest thing early on, Claire, was we identified the fact that our um, mentor texts were quite long and quite extensive. We were looking, yeah. our, our first basis when we started the program was to find rich, um, engaging texts mm -hmm. that could really start to spark students' interest in finding that text within our library. But what we found is that giving three, four, five pages of a text just wasn't viable for our students and that they'd lose their focus and engagement as we were reading the mentor text. Going towards remote learning and our school, um, a little bit different than obviously some other schools within the state decided to go towards a 40 minute block for our, our um remote learning journey. So we went towards a 40 minute block. So that meant that it was a lot tighter when we did our independent reading program lessons and starting to kind of build in that shorter text was something that we saw great benefits from. So we started to use a lot of the NAPLAN text where it was one page. Um, we started to use a lot of comprehension style texts where we were using um, one page, half a page of a reading, half a page of a book or at max two pages of a text just mm -hmm. to allow our students to focus, break down what they needed to, and then get into the strategy um, because we were finding that students were taking a long time to read through that text. And there were videos that we were making through QuickTime that were upwards to 10, 15 minutes of us reading a text because they were multiple pages and it just wasn't viable for us as staff to create these videos, but also for our students to sit there and listen to a YouTube video for 15 minutes. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ben. It's um, really intriguing, um, especially the comments around remote and those shorter mentor texts. And, and I think even as a year 12 teacher and Claire would probably agree, looking, looking at a really short passage is and the discussion that, that elicits is, is so beneficial and it does get lost that the kind of longer that text gets because the more it's just the more ideas that you have to grapple with and the more techniques you might be noticing and, and strategies you might be using. Um, just in terms of our Mylands community, we've asked our listeners to um, post some questions and we have a couple here and I think this is one you'll be able to speak to. How do you engage reluctant readers? We've all had them um, in our literacy classrooms. They put their hands up and they say, I don't read. <laughs> How do you tackle students with this kind of attitude to reading? I'm, I'm sure you've got um, many. Yeah, we do and we still do. Um, it's certainly something that you see um, students coming into the program, especially when they start in year seven. They've gone from having um, a literacy block that might be for two hours in a primary school and they come in and see the, obviously the difference in timetable going into a high school program and they are quite reluctant to read um, 
it can be a peer issue. It can obviously be something to do with confidence and those types of things as well. But what we've been able to do and build as a as a culture around it and starting to kind of reflect on just right texts and our use of Lexart levels have been really, really important. We've been able to find a book for students who may be at different levels. And I think that that's really important to identify and engage with students, their interests as well. So we've been able to um, work together with our um, assessment. So our assessment team. So essential assessment is what we use as a college, and we've been able to use that to categorise our students with a Lexar level. So a just right text, which is a reading colour. Um, so if a student is a red, um, red coloured student, then we'll go and find a book that's been marked in the library as red and be able to find them something that they can engage in. On top of that, probably one of our biggest wins, and we talk a little bit about remote learning, was the e-platform, and that's by Wheelers, and it's an app that we've been able to purchase and we've been able to use um, throughout our remote learning journey, but it's something that it's allowed our students to read on their iPads. So we're a one-to-one -one iPad school. So it's allowed us to have students read or um, you know, e-books on their iPad, but also listen to audio books as well. So for students that are really reluctant in reading, instead of actually sitting there and reading a text, they can use their iPads to read an um, e-book or listen to an audio book using headphones. And that's been really, really great to see students start to become involved and start to become engaged in reading through the use of an audio book. I've had many students who sit there and do colour by numbers as they listen to an audio book, um, you know, for 15, 20 minutes. I've seen some of the most disengaged students I've seen in our school um, hide under a table and have headphones in and listen to Harry Potter or something like that. You know, and those have been the real teachable moments where we've been really, really pleased with what we've seen when it comes to our independent reading program. Mm, absolutely. Um, we've been lucky enough in the last two um, community um, practice um, sessions to have John Munro um, and he was talking about the importance of um, students reading aloud um, and uh, questions did come up of how do you um, how do you encourage students to read aloud and do you have any um, systems in place with your independent reading program um, where that does um, encourage students to do that? Yeah, so for us, obviously, reading out loud is something that's really important, and that's how you start to build that fluency and accuracy as a reader. Um, mm -hmm. So for us, we go through, um, you may have seen in the Literacy Toolbox, so we do a reading conference with our students. It's something we do every term. So our initial one is in the first term, and it's more of a getting-to-know-you conference, and it's an opportunity for both our staff and our students to kind of sit down and have um, a really informal conversation about the student as a reader. And we start that obviously with the types of um, likes and dislikes when it comes to reading, whether they're someone who, as we said before, may be a reluctant reader or someone that may be a real avid reader. And we're able to identify um, some of those goals that we want to set moving forward using those reading conferences. Our next three reading conferences, which are in term two, three, and four, um, are a little bit more formal where the student reads a passage of the text to you and you start to look at that accuracy, that comprehension, and also the fluency of the reading that's happening at that time and starting to build that and create that culture has been something that we've seen
seen, you know, real great um, improvement in our students in regards to reading out loud. For us, we find that really, really beneficial as it allows us to identify those students that may need some support and then identify those students who may be in the Mylands program who may not have that confidence. And that's where I come in as direct support teacher is I'll do the reading conferences with those students during our Mylands one-to-one support time. Thank you. That's all right. Thanks so much, Ben. Um, we're coming to a close now, but is there anything you'd like to add that you don't feel you've covered in terms of our listeners gaining an understanding of what the independent reading program um, is, how it was set up, or just, um, I guess, some of the perhaps data or even anecdotal evidence that you have around its success and benefit? Yeah, I think for us, we've seen a lot of um, soft data so far around, you know, that confidence building and students being engaged in the reading, um, you know, in our classrooms, in our independent reading program. We're starting to see students who, you know, um, are starting to borrow books. We're seeing more students in our library at lunch times. We're starting to see more students being engaged in using the e-platform. Um, you know, we've hit our borrow limit a couple of times on the e-platform and had to go back and reevaluate the budget to obviously um, be able to purchase or, or borrow more books um, on the e-platform and those types of things. And we've started to see students have confidence and feel a sense of pride in what Lexar level they are and start to see themselves set goals through our reading conferences. So it's been a massive leap of faith and I don't sit here today and say it's the finished product. It's certainly not. Um, you know, we continue to use that FISO improvement cycle to identify what our next steps are and, you know, work with people like yourself, Mandy, to identify kind of what the feedback's been given from external places because, you know, we are very, very close to it. You know, I'm, I really enjoy the program, but my, you know, vision on it or my rose-coloured eyes on it might be a little bit different than what yours are um, when you come in and just see something a little bit different. So, you know, we're not the finished product. We, there's a lot of things that, you know, as a program we're three years into. Um, so we've certainly got a fair bit of work to do when it comes to our balanced approach to literacy and, and building a lot of those strategies across our whole school curriculum. Yeah, and I think, Ben, it's been such a challenge with the remote learning. You know, you're starting a whole new kind of um, school improvement initiative and you get hit with COVID, um, but you've really been able to, I guess, keep that momentum up, continue to reflect, continue to use that ISO improvement cycle to, to constantly monitor and adjust, make those adjustments in response to the data that you're gathering. So um, it, it's been my, my pleasure to, to really see that journey and um, I hope that I don't come in with the black hat, but um, come in with, with perhaps just a different colour rose tint on my glasses. <laughs> Well, I think, Ben, be prepared after what you've just told us um, today. Um, be prepared for an army of people coming to your school because I'll be interested as well. So uh, it's just, yeah, just hearing um, you talk about uh, reading and how uh, the whole school focus of reading has been successful has been um, really great. And I think uh, our community will really appreciate what you've said today. And I think to building that um, gradual release model across the whole college as part of your whole college pedagogy, um, you know, in terms of capability building, that, that's massive. That's a massive yeah. achievement. So um, I think that's a great testament to the to the work and to the really crucial role that a Milan's improvement teacher and capability builder can have within a school. Mm -hmm. 
No, thank you very much. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, as I said, it's something that, you know, I sit here, as I said, I'm pretty close to the program. It's something when I got my Mylan's role that I took on and, um, you know, early on kind of didn't really know where to position myself, you know, in regards to capability building, direct support. Um, you know, we had the tiered, we, we, you know, Mandy and I have had the conversation a few times around tiered support um, and our IRP program. We probably didn't have that tiered support. We had a one tier, one size fits all kind of model and starting to kind of reflect back on it. We identified that it's probably not going to build the capability of our students who are, um, you know, needing that text decoder kind of position. So, you know, if we remember Luke and Freebody back from, I usually say back from when I went to university because that's when it was. So, um, you know, that's when I learnt it, when it was back in second year. Um, you know, we looked at Luke and Freebody and that text decoder, and that's where a lot of our students are currently at within the Mylands program. So asking a student within the Mylands program to sit and read for 40 minutes is something of a challenge. So identifying the fact that we needed to use that one-to-one -one support, and, and that was probably the best time to do it as well, was to get them away from that 40 minutes reading and start to build that, um, you know, capability, whether it be, you know, looking at phonics awareness or starting to use those letter sounds and those types of things is kind of where we've moved towards. Awards. Um, you know, our next step is to start to make that kind of explicit across our whole college. Um, at the moment, you know, with the pandemic, we haven't ha been able to have a lot of whole school meetings. Um, so for us, our next step and working really, really well with Andrew and Stacey, I love working with the two of them. Um, you know, they're really passionate about the program, but really passionate about the school as well. And, um, you know, the work that we've done with um, LSAP as well, with Basto, with Lisa Gilby, um, to identify kind of what that looks like, that content and disciplinary literacy. I think that that's the next step for us as a college. But, you know, as for what that looks like, um, that kind of remains to be seen. That's a work in progress and um, starting to build that into our college, you know, AIP and strategic plan and key improvement strategies. That'll be next step. I think our next one comes up in 2023, I think it is. So, um, yeah, starting to add some of those things and it'll be really, really important. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much, Ben, for your time today. We really appreciate it. It's been a fascinating listen. Um, and I think we're going to throw to Carly now for our outro. So thanks to Ben from Wodonga Middle Years College for sharing around Mylands and how that's working. Thanks to Mandy and Claire for our interview today. This has been It's Now or Never. Don't forget to check out our previous podcasts on the NEVR Professional Learning site. And if you'd like to get involved, don't forget to reach out to your Sam. This is It's Now or Never. <laughs>